So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. The Armstrong and Getty Soap with my dad, Enzo Getty. <laughs> Can I press that bad button? Are we ready to start? One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe in miracles? Yes, you can. On a shucky-ducky kind of day. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm f***ing up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. <laughs> This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. I'm on a war footing. Live from Studio C. Leading you. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today... On this historic day, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Fire and fury. The now, vow of the president to unleash a little bit of that. The likes of which the world has seen or hasn't seen? Mm, the latter. Hasn't seen? Yes. Fire and fury, or as KPIX in the Bay Area of California put on their screen last night, as captured by one of our beloved listeners, fire and furry. Evidently, the president is going to bomb them and send over a Zoftig person who enjoys dressing up as an animal. Fire and furry. Now, we're going to play the whole clip here in a couple of minutes because a lot of people are cutting it off. Uh, I think it does the president a favor to cut it, to edit it. When you play the whole thing, it, um, well... We'll play the whole thing. So, so what are what are you saying? You're here to slander the president? No, to undermine him at the hour of our nation's greatest need? I don't understand. How are you, you slandering the president when you play his entire statement? Well, you're you're intentionally editing it 
by not editing it to make him look foolish. Well, I'll say this. Fox plays the edited version. MSNBC does not. Uh, got the full version coming up. and uh, you can say. Uh, I also saw uh, this. Uh, somebody retweeted this tweet from Donald J. Trump. I don't remember when this was. This was oh, in 2012. So this was years before he even ran for president. The price of corn has jumped over 50%. This will cause a jump in food prices, perhaps beyond what the world has ever seen. Mm. So he's uh, he's big on the beyond anything the world has ever seen. When it's appropriate. Whether it's nuclear war or prices of corn. Yeah. You know, he's oh. like me. I, I do the same thing. You got to get people's attention. Corn prices are very volatile. You got to get people's attention. Okay. Um, you know what we're going to do today? Study the world! Study the world! Study it! Study, study, study it! I'm filling in for Marshall. (laughs) Study the world. Before I introduce uh, Michael and everybody, here's the question I'd like answered today. I got one question I'd like answered. All right. Was that a written, planned statement with the help of others like McMaster and, uh, what's his name, his new chief of staff secretary, uh, General Kelly? All his generals. Was that, you know, a plan, or is that completely off the top of his head? That's the question I'd like answered. I don't believe anybody has the answer currently, mm. but I'd, lo- I'd love to know. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. Um, I was sorry to see uh, Glenn Campbell passed away yesterday. Yeah. I'm a big Glenn Campbell fan, actually. Yeah, I know that makes me some... an... yeah. I know that makes me a nerd and uncool, but I, I really like Glenn Campbell as a kid. No, I will sprinkle in some of his songs today, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. But he was also an actor. And remember, Jack, he was, he was a different. terrible actor. Oh, he was in True Grit. True Grit should have won an Oscar. One of my all-time favorite movies, and he was embarrassing in that. I have yeah. a two-word review of Glenn Campbell in True Grit, and it rhymes with the title. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> yes, one of the great guitar players, uh, excellent singer, funny guy, had his own TV show back right. when I was a little kid, awful actor. Blue Mitt? <laughs> is that your review? Yes, that's it. <laughs> Gentle on my mind, one of my all-time favorite songs. Oh, yeah. There yeah. is a Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, and I am not one to delve into conspiracy theories lightly. I, uh, I, I, I make sure that things actually have some sort of thread of plausibility before I actually want to espouse them further. But I don't think it's a coincidence that we are Marshall Phillips list today. While the Mega Millions jackpot is nearing four hundred million dollars, <laughs> new record jackpot. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm, I don't. I, I'm just putting it out there. I need more information before I fully jump into tinfoil hat wearing syndrome. But he's claiming dental work, but it's not hard to imagine that he's g- going to hit like eighty different convenience stores today. All of them, <laughs> his lucky ones. <laughs> yeah, all his lucky right. convenience stores. His lucky ones. <laughs> Chino Hills. <laughs> That's right. right up ticket. The the lottery thing is the greatest example. It's the example that should be pulled out any any time anybody's uh, talking about the rationality of human beings. Because if you buy lottery tickets when it gets to a certain level and don't when it's at twenty million, right. that's completely irrational. Right. Lots of people do it, and it you know you can, it, it, um, you know uh, what's the word? We take things further. Uh, ex- extrapolate. You can extrapolate from that irrationality everything else that happens in politics and buying decisions and all kinds of other stuff because it's completely irrational. Certainly, yeah. Uh, there is Vincent, our senior executive producer. How are you, Vincent? Yeah. If, if reading an entire entire uh, article online is like a ten, then seeing the headline and bookmarking it to read it later, which I'll never actually read it later, 
and then going down to the snarky comments and reading a couple of those, that's like a three or four. So it's almost as good as a 10. It's very easy to do that, isn't it? Read the headline, first couple sentences, then go read the comments. <laughs> it's very easy to and do, do that. So, so you lie to yourself, like, I'm going to get to this later. <laughs> this weekend, uh, I'm going to get to all these articles. Now you're making me uncomfortable. Move along. Marshall Phillips is not in that chair over there. He's either getting dental work or in line at a convenience store buying lotto tickets. But uh, we are going to fill in doing the news today in some manner. It's actually going to be a little easier today because the biggest story on planet Earth is uh, is uh, dominating the news world. Yes, I will have a take on it. You'll not hear from other chattering types. Yes. Talking heads. I will Order. Bring, bring the weight of my experience in foreign policy. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is a Wednesday, August 9th. August 9th, that date rings a bell. Oh, yeah, we dropped an atomic bomb on Japan in 1945 yeah. on August 9th. Also, the August 10th anniversary 9th. of the Great Crash. Ten years ago, huh? The uh, financial crash? Yeah, the, right. The financial... What? what does, it, does it have a name? The Great Recession. The Great... Okay. Yeah. Um, the year 2017, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. The financial crash, the housing crash, the financial disaster. The Great Recession is... I don't know. It's like a sad echo of the Great Depression. It's not a good name. It's been ten years. We ought to have a name. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power the likes of which this world has never seen before. Thank you. There you go. That's the full statement. And as I said, fired for, and frankly, power. Mm. Which is He's uh, not the greatest rhetorician who's ever served in the office, but eh, to be focused on that at such a serious time just shows your pettiness. Uh, no offense. It's knowing that your door is always yeah, a little clunky, I'll grant you. This is really a good song. Written by Jimmy Webb, I think, but that makes me sung well by Glenn Campbell. Uh, how's Mailbag look today? Oh, it's good. It's nice. It's super. I'd rather listen to the song. And I'm not shackled by forgotten words and bonds And the ink stains that are dried upon some line Yeah. Not shackled. And that keeps you in the back roads by the rivers of my memory It keeps you ever gentle on my mind and he was strumming the guitar on this too. Picking oh, yeah. it, I should say. It's not clinging it's a good to song. the rocks and ivy planted on their columns now that find me. If you're younger, Glenn Campbell was as about as big a deal as you can get in like 1970. TV show, hit musician, actor, the whole thing. Yeah, he played on hundreds of hit records yeah. as a session guy. Um, we got all this coming up, including staring World War III in the face. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hartford wrote Gentle on My Mind, which angered one-tenth of one-tenth of one-tenth of percent of the audience, so I'm glad I can straighten that out. John Hartford. Yeah, famous uh, banjo player, musician guy. Um, so I'm going to try to get you on the record here, and you. this is the sort of question you regularly dodge. Yes. 
Um, and I will dodge it again. Go ahead. Was that a prepared statement? The fire and fury the likes of which the world has never seen. Was that a prepared statement run through diplomats and generals, or was that off the top of his head? Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Mailbag. (laughs) You know, I've heard that question posed by and to some learned individuals, and they answered it more or less the same way I did. That's not the sort of thing you should probably wing. Uh, probably not. Well, the generals haven't come out and said, whoa, whoa, hold on, or resigned or anything. No. Uh, John McCain criticized that verbiage. Yeah. We'll have that tape for you at some point, maybe. Um, I just want to disagree with John McCain. I liked it. I just want to know if General Kelly and McMaster said, holy crap, when they heard that, or thought right on. I have no idea. I, I, you know, I disagree rather strongly with John McCain. And we'll we'll talk about that in the moments to come. No, visually, the optics. He was at. Was it before his opioid thing? Because yeah, was he was at, at a golf. He was at his yeah. golf course, sitting yeah. next to Melania. Was right next to him. Right. The uh, Kelly, not Kapowski. It sure looked. Kellyanne Conway was up there also. Sure yes. looked ad-lib. All right, listen. I don't think uh, WW3 is going to break out any minute soon. Uh, Let's get to mailbag. It won't. Keep an uh, eye on Guam. Sean, are you monitoring Guam? I am. I'm on the Guam desk. Yeah, it's been a long time since Guam's been in the news. (laughs) It'd be something if Marshall was off when nuclear holocaust broke out. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. uh, How about this nice note from Amy? Faggity. At at age... uh, Wait, she's fagified. At age 31. Friend of Armstrong and Getty over 15 years. Only 31 years old. Wow. Uh, Since she was a little child... Angie, the hype slash worry that is associated with the upcoming eclipse is insane around here. We live in the path of totality. And oh my, it's going to be crazy. We're in central Oregon, which is considered to be the most likely non-cloudy area for the eclipse. Our family's in Powell Butte, which is a community right on the edge of totality. The edge of totality is my new concept album, by the way. It's uh, a lot of riffing, a lot of jamming. You thought the uh, guitar solo in Freebird was long? This, I got like a 25-minute one. <laughs> the edge of With all that said, many ranchers here are renting out their pastures for RVs. Should you choose to make the normally eight-hour drive, blah, 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 there are plenty of spots left. Yeah. Gives the website there. Yeah, I got my tri- trip booked. I'll have to uh, talk about that later. But uh, are you building an eclipse shelter? Got a tweet from somebody yesterday. who said, people are taking this too lightly. <laughs> Remember Y2K, I've built my eclipse shelter. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that was hilarious. Nice. The eclipse apocalypse is on upon us. Yeah, the totality thing is uh that's a that's a tough one. You, you have to gamble a little bit. The the likelihood of clear skies is better in Oregon and some parts of uh, Nebraska, but the eclipse is like forty seconds longer in Tennessee. But wow. it's not longer if you don't get to see any of it because it's raining. Well so, it'll be dark. I mean it'll be night. I mean, you get that. Yeah. But 40 seconds longer, do you, do you risk cloudy days for that? That's oh, the, the gamble people are making. Check that weather forecast, I guess. The eclipse. That's a total eclipse of the heart, Michael. That's subtly different. The next generation, writes Scott in Pleasant Hill. I overheard this from a young woman to her boyfriend, both 18 or 19 years old. And I quote, I really want that job at the hospital, but they want me to go through training, and I really don't want to. I'm sorry, want to? 
I can commit to being there, but not to being happy or even trying. Wow. I commit to being there, but I can't commit to being happy or trying. I've That's never cover sheet on my resume. Trying. <laughs> I've never taken a job where I uh, considered committing to being happy. Well, I assume I'm not going to be happy when I take a job. <laughs> That's why just, it's called a job. Yeah, exactly. You know, I wouldn't even, I would uh, edit that part out. Here's your, your, your money shot. I can commit to being there, but not to trying. Mm. Wow. Wow. My daughter Kate's starting her new job, I think, in a day or two. Oh, she's so nervous. But she's going to try super hard. I generally was uh, committed to trying, and that wasn't even a question. Oh, hell yeah. But I had no expectation, really, of being happy for most with a lot of jobs that I've taken in my life. Hoping it, was, it won't be miserable was generally my, my hope. I didn't even get that far. I've taken a lot of jobs where it was just, thank God it starts Tuesday because I got enough money to make my car payment and that's it. Right. (laughs) And the thought of whether I'm happy or anything never even factored in. I wonder if I could get him to advance me $20 so I can eat. (laughs) Not having my car repossessed makes me very happy. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Exactly. Not being miserable is being happy. There's a nice note uh, from Ricky. Oh, it was uh, Ricky who sent along the... uh, KPIX, uh, CBS, is that a CBS affiliate? Yeah. Wow, I don't uh, know if I can commit to trying hard or being happy. No, trying, not trying hard. Trying. Trying okay. at all. Wow, that is something. Yeah, I know. How many people feel that way about employment in America today? I, I don't know. As a percentage. That's, uh, if you don't view it as a necessity because, you know, society will feed you and clothe you and medicate you whether you try or not. There will be a large percentage of human beings who will not try at all. That's the difference between the realism of my point of view and and the the fantasy, the unicorn riding fantasy of a lot of progressives that if if you just, you know, if you you give people all the benefits they need, blah, 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 they will try. No, a lot of people are slackers. A lot of people are losers. They'll be (laughs) slackers and losers no matter what you do. Without the necessity part of the job? There aren't that many jobs that because having a job's a pain in the ass. I mean, if you really think about it, in a lot of ways, I oh, mean, yeah. it's quite demanding on your time. Interferes with my golf game, for instance. So here you go. Here's a KPIX in the Bay Area. Uh, there's the president in the caption: "Fire and furry." Wow, that's pretty funny. <laughs> we'll unleash fire and furry on them, the likes of which the world has never seen. And the world did see it. They think, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> Unleashed one of those furry conventions on Pyongyang. That would be great. What is this? <laughs> They'd be saying, what the hell? Who are you people? Why are you dressed as foxes? And are you a rabbit? God, put your pants on. Glad you're finding the humor in this. You know, there is uh, there's, there's, there's an actual, like, distinct possibility. This just is out there craziness of millions of people dying in minutes. Yes. Over this situation. Yes. Actually could happen. It's hard to wrap your mind around. Oh, I know. I, I hope it will not happen. I do not think it will happen. More on that to come. A couple of more quick notes here, mailbag-wise. Um, we got this note from Kurt. Uh, you made a, a an ironic reference to Hantavirus and talking about uh, Mickey Mouse and the lawsuit uh, and all against Disney. And Did you know Disney... Uh, an attempt at humor, I suppose. Disney stock is down like 25%. No, that's not it. ESPN revenue is down 25%. Their ESPN is dying, and uh, that's really cutting in at Disney's profit. So Disney has launched this new streaming thing, or they're going to, where if you want to watch your uh, your Moana or your Frozen or what have you, is that a Disney? 
Yeah. Uh, they're, um, they're pulling all their stuff uh, from Netflix. Yeah. They're going to launch their own streaming service next year at some point. Anyway. I can't um, sign up for another streaming service. Yeah, I know. I got the Hulu. I got the Netflix. Yeah. Now the companies are on to the fact that Netflix built a billion dollar empire out of their table scraps. They're not being as willing to play ball and give oh, them to them. And now everybody's doing their own. And now it's just going to be a different version of your cable subscription that's going to cost oh, way too much money. Yeah, the you're gonna, work. yeah you're going to need to get the Disney streaming. You're going to need to get the HBO yeah, streaming. The, like, the, the golden era of watching paid stuff might be over. Yeah, the the thing that was great about Netflix is that it was a one-stop shop. Right, agreed. Uh, but anyway, so you brought up uh, Hantavirus, and we got this note from Kurt. I'd been a- unaware of this. There was actually... Uh, a, a young man, his son, afflicted with the Hanta virus. He was uh, working at a state park, I think it was, and and man, I'd forgotten what a horrifying disease it is. Oh, it's terrible! He Where, almost died in the the and, and the drugs they had to load him up with have, have caused side effects. Not not good. The great state of Kansas, where I'm uh, from, had a Hanta virus uh, outbreak when I was younger. Yeah, I remember it was, that, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, and and Kurt, uh, to his credit, isn't angry that we brought it up and made a joke about it and the mouse and the rest of it because Kurt is sane and seems like a really cool dude. But uh, shout out to Spencer. Get well soon, dude. Really sorry to hear about your illness. Because of having uh, been around it once, I can't even... The word mouse is linked to hantavirus in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, finally, this from Kevin, who says, Guys, Glenn Campbell has passed. Please don't play like a rhinestone cowboy. It would be such a disservice, as he was so much more than that unfortunate aberration. He's been walking these streets so long, and he singing must, the same old song. And he must, re- well, he ought to sing a different one. That's his <laughs> point. And he must remain ever gentle on our minds. That's Kevin. I don't know. you got to play Rhinestone Cowboy. It was a number one hit for like 50 weeks. Yeah, it was one of the biggest hits in the history of music. I, I, I never uh, disliked that song. No. I don't, it's, a, it's a little jivey, but I don't know. It's, it's it. a little, no- I don't know. It's a little novelty-ish, but. It's a little lush and 70s-ish, but what do you want to do? It was the 70s. Another 70s flashback. So Johnny Carson got so tired of stars coming on The Tonight Show and singing Rhinestone Cowboy. Because it was like the biggest song in the world for like a year. Yeah. Everybody who was a singer who would come on would sing Rhinestone Cowboy. Wow. And so he finally decided to put an end to it, and he put on a ridiculous cowboy outfit and sat on a saddle on a sawhorse and... <laughs> Sang it in a funny voice and said, that's it for Rhinestone Cowboy on my show. Wow. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> it was quite hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Coming up on non-martial newscast. Oh, my gosh. It was sort of. Yeah, see, the strings and the horns, completely unnecessary. But that was, you know, that was of the time. I know. Yeah. I'd love to hear uh, Glenn Campbell just sing this song, Finger Picking a Guitar. Probably yeah. has many a show. Uh, can I get tickets? At what point, the day after a guy dies, you probably don't talk away about that famous mugshot, right, from the DUI? Remember that? Wow. No, you don't if you have any sensitivity at all. Phoenix area, that was something. Yeah. That was one angry looking man. That was a rough night. That was a rough night. He had a, had a road of compromise and. Right. <laughs> Maybe a couple of pops. <laughs> he was an underrated actor, though. I'm telling you. What are you trying to Shut do? Shut up, Michael. Okay, our version of the news coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, this is very much like, you know, when the uh, quarterback uh, finally comes to the line of scrimmage and there's two seconds on the play clock. Michael, we finally have called a play, but too late <laughs> for you to 
to uh, alter the musical choice. Wait a second, I, I don't even wide, know why we have news music. Our honestly. wide receivers still on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, it's time for the play. ten players on the field. You know what we should do with Marshall gone today? We should discuss why we have this news music. I've wondered for years. I've asked it aloud. Now you have come out pro news music in the past. Have you have you changed your mind? Uh, it gives. I th- I feel like it gives a sense of movement. Or it's because I've just listened to radio my whole life, and it's been something that people do for 50 years. It doesn't make any sense, though. It doesn't make any sense to have music underneath Marshall talking about the news. I mean, there's no reason. Is there... Marshall will read the news. (laughs) I don't know. I I really don't know. Traffic tends to do that. Yeah, radio traffic always has some sort of cool music. Generally speaking, you're right. I just I don't I don't know that it's necessary. I've always been confused by the genre. It's like kind of rocky. It's kind of rock. It's it's guitar. You know what it is? It's production library radio station music. It's probably got a name like upbeat and urgent. (laughs) And this this music is probably based on my radio experience, at least forty years old. I would guess. Could definitely be. Yeah. All right, we'll turn it off. Turn it off! Turn it off! <laughs> That's a, a tribute to one of our favorite radio hosts, That's Michael right. Savage. The the good doctor. Shout out to the doctor and his family. Who will ask for some music, enjoy it for two seconds, and then scream at the board operator. Shut it off! Turn it off! I can't listen to that for another second. <laughs> Hilarious. So, uh, seriously, turn it off. <clears throat> so we uh, had a couple of ideas for how to approach the news, and we might do one of them uh, a little bit later on. But for now, let's just plunge on with the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. Thank you. I take exception to the president's comments because you've got to be sure that you can do what you say you're going to do. In other words, uh, the old walk softly but carry a big stick, Teddy Roosevelt's uh, saying, which I think is something that should have applied, because all it's going to do is bring us closer to some kind of serious confrontation. So all I can say is that I, I don't believe that President Reagan or President Eisenhower or other presidents that I've admired would have said the same thing. They might have done as much as we could, but not uh, that kind of rhetoric. I'm not sure how it helps. John McCain. I disagree with John McCain. We are already at a confrontation. We're not at a violent confrontation yet. To me, the president, because, you know, every regime, including ours, uh, every administration, if you will, spends a hell of a lot of time, energy, and money trying to figure out what the other player will do. If we do this, what do you think they'll do? I mean, we have buildings full of experts trying to analyze that sort of thing. And what he made clear is that, I mean, I can picture Barack Obama saying, uh, if they, what was his if? If Syria uses chemical weapons, that's a red line. Well, no, 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 no. The, what did uh, Donald Trump, uh, play me the Trump again, just the beginning of it. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. Okay, you can kill it. I can picture Barack Obama saying, if uh, North Korea 
makes any more threats to the United States, we will uh, have all options uh, available, including, uh, but not limited to, um, uh, the military option. You know, which, which tells you nothing. It's hemming and hawing. What Donald Trump said was, if you get physical, we're going to go effing bat s crazy. I That's thought... a good message to send because we're at a point where it's either going to go to physical violence or, and, and Rex Tillerson threw the door wide open. It was underappreciated, underreported this week. He said, we're willing to negotiate directly. So we're at an obvious crossroads, and I think it was useful to say, listen, we will not absorb a strike and, and say, please, please bargain with us. We will wipe you off the face of the earth. Now let's talk. Now I've already forgotten. What did he specifically say? We will bring fire no, and no, fury. No, if North Korea, I thought, oh, I thought he threatens, said, if he threatens us. To threaten. Well, see, that's the problem. That's where I think John McCain is right. You can't say these things unless you know you mean them or can do them. He said, if North Korea threatens us again, we're right. going to unleash something the world has never seen. A half hour later, North Korea threatened us. Well, right. And we haven't unleashed fire and fury the world has never seen. He meant actually threatened. Okay. So not now we're... verbally threatened. All right. Uh, you can, you know, Michelangelo threatened me. Go ahead. I'm going to hit you, Joe. I'm See, tired of your crap. I'm not threatened. That's not... You tell him, Mike. <laughs> No, Sean, this is just an exercise. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I've been threatened, but I am not threatened. Um, and that's what he meant. As usual, you have to yeah, you see, have to translate. Good. That's, not Trump. Good. that's not good. You can't have people guessing. Did he mean... You must have people guessing. He said threatened. Does he mean threaten or threaten? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Well, pl- <laughs> then after making his, his big, scary I, fire and fury statements, which I thought was really good, he rambled on in Trumpian fashion and kind of weakened the whole thing. Well, yeah, that, when he threw out that, uh, and frankly, power. Uh, what? <laughs> he really needed another <laughs> F word there. Just to really hammer home the fury alliteration. And, uh, maybe he was trying to think of one. For ferociousness? No, that's a <laughs> Force. And frankly, for, force. For force. <laughs> fearsome force. Fire, fury, and fearsome force. <laughs> ah, the lighter side of nuclear I, holocaust. I see what you're saying. If you meant like I verbally that's what he threatened, meant. And... that's what I took it as. <coughs> that, that North Korea has been making all these threats. You got to stop. You do it again. Fire fury. The world has never seen. Then 30 minutes later, they say we've got plans to wipe out Guam, and we don't do anything. Yeah, they had old uh, what's her name uh, 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 chattering on the air again. What, we got old what's her name, Michael? What are you doing in there? Writing your memoirs. <laughs> I want that oh. North Korean gal. Never at the ready. Uh, She's their spokeswoman. Oh, her? Yeah. What North Korea? Do we have to play a variety of North Korean gals? That's exactly right. Um, so, Well, Sexy Rexy Tillerson is already out saying he still doesn't see North Korea as an imminent threat. Uh, the Donald is tweeted this morning, kind of scaling things back. My first order as president was to rent renovate and modernize our nuclear arsenal. It is now far stronger and more powerful than ever before. Hopefully we will never have to use this power, but there will never be a time that we are not the most powerful nation in the world. Right. That's an interesting follow-up to what he said yesterday. Yeah. I mean, that's got a little bit of the Trump, never mind what I said yesterday, feel to me. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Uh, look, here's here's the bottom line. <clears throat> 
North Korea wants a deterrent threat so they're not invaded and the regime isn't uh, overthrown. They want a nuclear deterrent. They're not going to launch some sort of offensive war to, like, take America. They just, that would be suicide. They might if they think we're actually going to attack. Exactly. Well, right. The president made it sound like we, uh... If they threaten us. Actually, if we're threatened, then he'll unleash holy hell. I don't think you should have to parse threats. Rex Tillerson made it clear, we're not going to invade, we're not going to overthrow your regime, you're fine, you're secure. I, I say this goes in a, a good direction diplomatically. They will continue to be a, a bizarre, rogue, cruel, inhuman, totalitarian you know, purveyor of misery for the rest of our lives, probably. But I'm thinking this goes in a good direction, and China will finally get off its big 1.6 billion person ass. We have or however got many to... people they have. Somebody China. Count Michael, count Chinese and get back to me. We got some text. China. We got some text coming in on this. I, uh, I think he can't be talking like that. The next threat's going to be, I mean, I think a lot of the world went, yeah, maybe, maybe not. When they heard Trump say it yesterday, the next time he says something like that, they're really going to say, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't think he can be throwing around that kind of language so easily. And I would like to know. So the, you're for capitulating to the North Koreans? I would like to know if the generals signed off on that or thought it was a good idea. I would love to know that. I doubt they signed off on the specific verbiage. Or they would have said, ended after fury. <laughs> that whole and frankly forced thing just sounds... Power. <laughs> frankly power. <laughs> So anyway, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. We're going to talk to some experts about this later. Um, He also got into that whole opioid discussion yesterday, which we should touch on uh, the national crisis that is people dying from that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Interesting, a new study came out, a study of chain restaurants, and it found that the Cheesecake Factory serves the unhealthiest food. Yeah. Yeah, when asked for comment, the CEO said, folks, it's called the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> right. We're not hiding anything. Yeah. <laughs> even, if it, even if it didn't have cheesecake in the name, you should never eat it a fat. No, no, it's... It's the two unhealthiest words yeah. jammed together. Right. Yeah, they yeah. might as just well throw death in there, too. <laughs> Let's go to the Cheesecake Death yeah. Factory. Uh, they're right. You know, because a lot of your uh, your restaurants, they are kind of hiding the fact that, uh, like Starbucks is hiding the fact that it's a, it's a milkshake shop. Um, or, you know, you eat salads that, and it's got salad. You th- think it's healthy. Sure. It's 2,000 calories. They're not <laughs> hiding anything at Cheesecake Factory. The macaroni grill. It's right here for you. There's a 5,000 calorie dish. Second favorite Glenn Campbell song, Wichita Lineman. There oh, you go. Yeah. Let's jam some Glenn Campbell who died yesterday at the yeah. age of 81, I think. Yeah, get that ready, would you? Uh, did you have some text you wanted to get to? Ah, we'll eventually. <laughs> will we? Or will we? Yes, we will. Okay. I'm going to um, unleash fire and fury, the likes of which the world has never seen. The big. And frankly, power. 
<laughs> the big reaction, the complete, scholarly, researched, thoughtful reaction to the Google move firing that engineer. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to hear that. Measured, even-handed, scholarly. Did I use scholarly already? Yes. Reaction. To the Google firing coming I got, up. I got a lot more on the North Korea thing. Oh, I well, and we have learned guests coming up on yeah. that question, too. Well, it's uh, speaking of eating poorly, as we were a moment or two ago, it is state fair time all across the United States. And a couple at the Wisconsin State Fair was busted for, uh, well, here's your headline. Couple caught having sex at state fair in appalling video. I heard that. I haven't seen the appalling video. Why was it appalling? Was it out of focus? Or? Was it just a regular two people having sex? Because that's I don't find that appalling. The two were caught having sex at the fair's concession seating area in a video posted. So like the food court. Wow. Uh, Wisconsin State Fair officials confirmed that appalling footage from the pair had been circulating on Facebook. When uh, Wisconsin State Fair officials were apprised of this appalling viral video post, uh, this is a quote now. A thorough investigation was conducted and the video was removed, said fair spokeswoman Christy Chuckle. <laughs> what, a, what a great name she has. Christy Chuckle. How could you introduce her without, well, you know. I'm, I'm the state fair chuckling. spokesman. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm Christy Chuckle. <laughs> the pair appeared to be fully aware that they were being filmed during the tryst. In the video, the man whose bare buttocks were in full view. I don't want to see that. Could even be seen waving to the camera. Hey, look, I get to eat my uh, state fair food with a side of Harry Valentine. Several <clears throat> fairgoers were horrified by the public sex act. Quote, we're here for a horse show or a dog show, not to make babies, visitor Morgan Hackinson told a local station. Because nothing gets the old blood flowing like a deep-fried Oreo treat. Huh? Right. The two scumbags were taken into custody, etc., etc. God, it's like... I'm from Wisconsin, so it's like 90 degrees with 90% humidity at the state fair. It just it seems like the wrong time to be... Look over there, Jerry. Those two people appear to be copulating. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, don't look, kids. Don't look there. (laughs) This is the Armstrong and Getty Show.